1: When I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's gonna wind up with my catching a war criminal because a China shop vanishes into thin air. Morning, Commissioner. Bill said you had an assignment for me.
2: I do, Steve. Ever hear of Gluten Schweizen?
1: No. Sounds like something you spread on rye bread.
2: You're not even close. It's a woman's track, team. Oh, uh, well. Hey, you know, for a moment, I thought you said. That's a... just what I did say. The Gluten Schweitzen girls are an amateur track team who travel around Europe.
1: Gluten Schweitzen, yet?
2: <laughs> Where did they ever pick up a handle like that? Mrs. Gluten used to be quite a track star herself. She went over to one of the Olympics from St. Paul, and as the story goes, she pole vaulted into the lap of her future husband, Mr. Gluten.
1: How enchanting. Isn't that huh?
2: though? Anyway, yeah. she married Gluten and never came back to the States. Gluten has a lot of money, pretzels or something, so she started sponsoring this practice.
1: So that explains the gluten. Where does the Schweitzer come in? He's the coach. Oh, I see. Well, Commissioner, I think it's just dandy of you to send for me so that you could give me all this real fascinating information, but would you mind telling me what it's all got to do with me if you think I'm going to challenge any of those Amazons to a potato race? Steve,
2: I'm sure you remember the name Carpell. Rudolph Carpell? That's right. One of the most vicious war criminals there was. His concentration camp was a nightmare of brutality.
1: Yeah, I remember. Nobody was ever quite sure whether Carpell was dead or alive.
2: They're sure now. Is that he's dead? That he's alive. Mm. That's where the Gluten schweitzen girls come in, Steve. One of them, a girl named Martha, saw Carpell in Rotterdam, Holland two days ago.
1: Look, Commissioner, we've had a few similar reports like this in the past, as I remember, and each time it turned out to be a false alarm. I
2: know, but this girl Martha swears she really saw Carpell, and apparently she knows what she's talking about. How so? Her father and Carpell used to be in business together before the... The war. I see. Well, that sort of throws a new light on it, huh? Yes, I think we're really on Coppell's trail at last.
1: Rotterdam Holland, huh? Eh? Yeah.
2: The uh, Gluten schweizen girls are training at a stadium there. Get over there, Steve. Talk to this Martha. Talk to Mrs. Gluten. Talk to Schweitzen if you want to. But above all, find Rudolph Capel. Yeah, well, that's it. You've got your assignment? Good luck. <laughs>
0: National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignments starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful two fisted government agent. To all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you'll find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment.
1: Sure. I've got my assignment. Go over to Holland and get a lady track star to put the finger on a war criminal named Rudolf Carpell, whom we've been chasing for six years, all of which gives me an uneasy feeling that before the deal's over, I'll find myself in a track meet that somebody will be putting a shot at my direction with a gun. It's Tuesday when my plane lands in Rotterdam and I head for the stadium, and there in all their glory are the Gluten Schweitzen girls, some of them doing calisthenics, others charging around the track, and out in the center of the field stands a beefy, Woman with a sweatshirt and a whistle and a megaphone. Hey, Sasha! <laughs> Which, with her voice, is strictly excess baggage. Higher, Denise! Up, higher, higher! Uh, excuse me, are you Mrs. Gluten?
3: Yeah, Ingeborg.
1: No, no, Steve Mitchell from the states.
3: Yeah, Ingeborg, long strides, Dick.
1: Oh, uh, you mean the girl coming around the track?
3: Yeah, my best four hundred meter runner. What do you know? Here, I introduce you. Good. Ingeborg. This is Mr. Mitchell. Happy to meet you.
1: Hi. I mean, uh, hi. <laughs> well, that was undoubtedly the shortest acquaintance on record.
3: <sighs> she has good form, that Ingeborg.
1: Yeah, speaking for form, who's that little number over there?
3: Oh, that is Frida.
1: Very nice. What's her specialty?
3: bro jump. Uh-huh. Anna! Hips!
1: Hips! Yeah, she sure has, uh... Uh, Mrs. Gluton, I came over here to question one of your girls. Her name is Martha.
3: Yeah, yeah, that is Martha. The exercise is doing. Martha!
1: Brother, you take no chances of not being heard, do you?
3: You should hear me with the megaphone.
1: I'm sorry I asked. I
3: said, Mrs.
4: Gluton, now this is Steve Mitchell. He has questions. Oh, yes, Mr. Mitchell. They told me to
3: expect. You. Well, I go now.
1: Okay, thanks, Mrs. Gluton.
3: In the box! But Martha, band two, band as I
1: two, understand it, two. you think you saw a man named Rudolf Carpel here in Rotterdam. I am positive of it, Mister Mitchell. You see, he and
4: my father used to be in business together back before the war. Mm-hmm. That was fourteen years ago, and I was only a little girl. But I have always remember his face, like a weasel.
1: Where did you see him?
4: I was shopping the day before yesterday. Late in the afternoon, I reached a chinaware shop named Spears. Mm-hmm. I went inside, and there behind the counter was Carpell.
1: Did he see you?
4: I do not know, but I doubt it. He was waiting on some other customers at the time.
1: I see. Okay, Martha, I'd like you to take me to that shop so I can arrange for Carpell to retire from the chinaware business for keeps. <laughs>
4: The shop is just a few doors farther down the street, Mr. Mitchell.
1: Uh, What did you say the name of it is? Spears. Okay. Now, look, all you have to do is point him out to me through the window. Then you better get out of the line of fire just in case... Mr. Mitchell. What's the matter? This is the place. Oh, okay. Now, just... Hey, wait a minute. I thought you said a china shop named Spears was supposed to be here.
4: Yes. That is the trouble... This is a bakery shop instead.
1: Look, are you sure this is the right location? Oh, but of course. Maybe we're on the wrong
4: street. No. Mr. Mitchell, this is the place. I am positive of it.
1: Yeah, well, a lot of Chinaware got transferred into a lot of pies all of a sudden. Wait a minute. How long ago was it that you saw Carpell? The
4: day before yesterday.
1: Mm, Maybe he did spot you and pulled the switch here.
4: You mean change the entire shop?
1: Sounds like a lot of trouble to go to, doesn't it? Well, come on. Let's see what we can find out inside. All
2: right. Oh, good,
1: morning. good morning, good morning, good morning. You uh, sound pretty sure of it. Some nice strudel this morning? No, no, no. Some information, please. Uh, inf, inf, inf. This is pastry, yeah? Look, how long have you been here, Buster? Uh, b- Buster. No, no, no. Otto, Otto. Okay, Otto, then. I'm here all morning making strudel. I mean, before this morning. Ah, uh, let me see. Uh, Mama and I, we came here when Karen was three and Hansi, he was six. Now, a uh, carol. Look, skip the uh, family history, uh, will you? Uh, 23 years. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 23 years making strudel. Look, Martha, you must have the wrong place. I
4: would swear this is the place, Mr. Mitchell. Uh,
1: yeah, it is the place for strudel, yeah, come yeah. Come on, let's get outside. Uh,
4: come again when you can't spend so
1: much. Happy strudel to you, too. I can't
4: understand it, Mr. Mitchell.
1: Neither can I. What's Martha... Isn't it possible you got mixed up about the location of the Spears Chinaware shop?
4: I suppose I must have. Yet yeah, I wasn't sure.
1: Wait a minute. This guy with the push cart. Maybe this is his regular beat. Hey, just a minute, mister. Yeah, my
2: dear, yeah, yeah. Can you sugar plants?
1: Uh, look, is this your regular beat? Be- beat? Be- what, what is this beat? You push your cart around this part of town, often? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day, good. Uh, It is. is. Yeah. You see that bakery shop a couple of doors down the street? Yeah, yeah. How long has it been there?
2: Well, uh, I I don't know. You
1: don't, huh? Steve, maybe. Yeah.
2: Uh, You see, I don't know how long is the bakery shop there because I have only had this cart for five years. For, For...
1: You mean the bakery shop was there when you started pushing this cart? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah.
4: And that strudel that they make there, you would not believe.
1: Look, I know all about the strudel. Come on, Martha.
4: I'm sorry, Steve. I don't know what to say.
1: I wonder. Hmm? I was just thinking, Martha. It was very convenient of the gent with the pushcart to come by just now.
4: You think he lied?
1: I don't know, but that's what we're going to find out right now. Come on. <laughs> We check the shops up and down the street, but all the shopkeepers agree that the bakery's been there as long as they can remember. Finally, we work our way to a jewelry store at the end of the street and we question the proprietor and get the same answer.
5: Arthur's bakery shop? Well, it's been on the street as long as I can remember.
1: In that same location, halfway down the block on the west side? Yeah. All right, Steve. I
4: obviously I'm wrong about the street. But the Chinaware shop must be right around here somewhere. Perhaps in the next block. You, sir, perhaps you could tell us.
5: Chinaware shop?
4: The name of it is Spears.
5: Spears? I, no,
1: I've never heard of it. You sure? Quite sure.
4: Steve. Yes, Martha? I am quite convinced at this point that I am crazy. Look,
1: Martha, Rotterdam isn't your hometown, is it?
4: No, why?
1: Well, maybe being a stranger in town, you get more mixed up than you think. Maybe this Spears is in a different part of the town altogether. And
4: maybe there is no Spears at all. Now,
1: look. You're uh... being
4: very kind about it, Steve. But I know what you are thinking. Here is a girl who claims to have seen a dangerous man. So a government agent goes with her, expecting her to lead him straight to that man. But suddenly she cannot. She is all mixed up. It sounds as if I had imagined the whole thing, doesn't it?
5: Uh, Will there be anything else, sir? Oh, uh, no, thanks.
4: Oh, thank you for your trouble. We are sorry to have bothered you.
5: That
1: is quite all right.
4: What now, Steve?
1: Oh, look around a few more streets, I guess.
4: All I can say to you is this. Somewhere in this city, I saw Rudolf Carpelle. I thought I knew the name and location of the shop. I appear to be wrong about both. But please believe me. I did see him. And I will not rest until I can remember where and lead you to him.
1: Yeah? Yeah, sure. Come on, Martha. I'll take you back to your hotel.
4: for seeing me into the lobby, Steve? Sure. I'm going up to my room now and rack my brain until I can remember. I will call you as soon as I do.
1: Okay, Martha. Hmm. Mr.
3: Mitchell.
1: Brother, talk about pear-shaped tones. Alligator pear. Uh,
3: Did you find out what you wanted from Martha?
1: Not exactly. Look, Mrs. Gluten, what... What kind of a girl is Martha? Well,
3: all my girls is good girls, Mr. Mitchell. That's
1: not what I mean. What I'm wondering right now is whether Martha could have imagined the whole thing.
3: Well, maybe you've got something there. What do you mean? Well, this Martha, she is the flighty one of the team. Oh? Yeah, uh, last year she had her engagement organ. And since then she is not so happy and keeps to herself. Yeah, I, I would say she could have imagined.
1: Hey, hang on! Martha's... Explosion! Sounded like it came from upstairs. Come on, uh,
3: uh, Mister Mitchell. Huh? Your form, it is very good. What? But if you swing the arms more and stride length. Oh,
1: coach, this is no time for a running lesson.
3: I don't see nothing.
1: Wait, around this corner. Hey, look at that! The door to that room blown right off its hinges. Yeah,
3: there are flames coming up, Mister Mitchell. That is Martha's room. What? Yeah, Martha, she
1: must be in there. Quick, turn in the alarm. I'll see what I can do with that fire extinguisher on the wall. But I can't make it enough of a dent in the flames to get into the room. I just about hold my own for ten minutes or so, and then the firemen arrive and go to work. Finally, they get the fire enough under control so they can work their way into the room. Mrs. Bluton and I wait outside in the I hall.
3: Anybody anyone in that room... If there would not be much left of
1: them. I'm afraid you're right, Mrs. Gordon. Yeah,
3: look. Out they come, with the stretcher. Oh, Martha, Martha. <laughs> well,
1: she sure wasn't just imagining she saw Rudolph Carpell. That's a cinch, but it's also a sense she'll never be able to lead me to him now. <laughs>
0: chimes mean good times on NBC. There's music and fun for you tomorrow evening here on NBC. For music, hear the premiere broadcast of a refreshing new series called Musical Merry-Go-Round, bringing a melodic blend of classical and popular music. And for laughs tomorrow, hear Monty Woolley as he stars in The Magnificent Montague, formerly heard on Fridays, now brought to you as a Saturday night feature. Remember, tomorrow evening, it's Musical Merry-Go-Round and The Magnificent Montague. (laughs) Now back to Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
3: Poor Martha.
1: Yeah. If she could only have remembered where she spotted Carpel before he rigged this booby trap for her. Booby trap? Yeah, he must have had some sort of a bomb rigged here in the room.
3: So that when she opened the door, it exploded.
1: Yeah, you know, funny. Oh, though, what is? She left me in the lobby at least ten minutes before the explosion took her a long time to get to her room.
3: Uh, this Carpel. where will you look for him now?
1: Oh, search me. Martha was my only lead. Well, come on, let's... Oh, what happened? Martha!
3: Well, uh, you are alive. My room, what
4: happened? That's what
1: I like to know. Apparently, your room was booby-trapped, Martha. We figured you were the one that they carried out on the stretcher But now. I did not
4: go to my room after I left you in the lobby. Oh? No, I decided to walk around some more and see if I could remember about Carpel. I did not even
3: take off my coat. I went downstairs and out.
1: Then who got Booby trapped in your room?
3: I don't know. Perhaps it was one of the other girls. They visit back and forth a lot. I can quickly find out. Wait a minute. What is it,
1: Chances are that the killer hung around the hotel long enough to see how his trap worked. If so, he could have seen you enter the hotel after the explosion, Martha. With that red raincoat you are wearing, you'd be easy to spot.
4: What are you getting at?
1: Maybe she's still around somewhere. If there were only some way we could trap him. Uh, make him think
3: I got it Mr. Mitchell huh Uh, this red raincoat of martyrs I could squeeze into it but why I will go outside and maybe in the dark the killer will think I am martyr he will follow me and then you can follow him I
1: don't know it might be pretty dangerous for you Mrs. Gluton
3: Mr. Mitchell I am no weakling
4: oh
1: that I believe but still hey wait what is it I think I have figured out a way to do it without any risk to either of you.
4: Oh, I will do anything to help Mr. Mitchell.
1: You don't have to do a thing, Martha, except stay in a safe place. Mrs. Gluten Suite, for instance.
4: Well, all right. But what are you going to do?
1: Give Mrs. Gluten your raincoat. She and I are going for a ride. Uh, Mr. Mitchell,
3: I don't understand you. I put on the Code. We get into the car and drive here to the edge of the city. And now you keep carrying your neck around.
1: Yeah, to see if we're being followed. Well, are we? I'm not sure. Hey, here we are.
3: Yeah, uh, Here we are, There.
1: See that little hotel right there?
3: Uh, well, what about it?
1: That's as good a place as any. Come on.
3: Uh, Mr. Mitchell... Perhaps you will be good enough to tell me what is which.
1: Look, you're wearing Martha's red raincoat. From a distance, you could pass as Martha. Sure, sure,
3: sure. All that we have figured out already. But Martha... Now,
1: suppose Carpell is following I see sees us go into the hotel, and in a minute I come out alone... Ah, <sighs> he thinks
3: you have hidden Martha
1: here. That's right. I drive off, double back, and if he tries for the hotel, I grab him.
3: Well, what do you want I should do?
1: Slip out the back door, grab a cab back to your hotel, and wait for me. And above all, don't let anything happen to Martha. gloop, knees out the back door. I wait a few minutes and then go out the front. I get in the car and drive off. Around the corner I park, get out and work my way back to a spot in the shadows of the alley across the street from the hotel. Then I wait. Fifteen minutes later, I see a gent approaching the hotel very cautiously. He could be my boy. He gets to the entrance and takes a quick look around and slips inside. I'm just about to go after him when suddenly there's a faint sound behind me in the alley. I start to turn around but something very solid connects with the back of my head and I take a dive. When I come out of it, I'm all alone. I don't get it. If the guy entering the hotel was Carpal, then who slugged me and why? I crossed the street and checked the hotel, but of course the guy is gone, so I head back to Mrs. Gluten's hotel suite.
3: Oh, Mr. Mitchell, come in. Thanks. Oh, my, you're hit. You got a lump?
1: Lump, yeah. I'll sell it a loss, believe me.
3: Who did that?
1: I don't know, incidentally. Did you come right back here after you went out that back door?
3: Oh, uh, yeah, sure my. I.
1: I'm just wondering.
3: Where is Marta? What? I said, where is Marta?
1: That's just what I was afraid you said. I thought she was here with you. There
3: well, she was, but now I thought she was with you. What do you mean? I came right back here like you told me. Marta was just leaving. She said you had just telephoned her. What? Yeah, yeah. She said you told her the plans had been changed, that you wanted her to meet you at a certain place.
1: Oh, great. So why isn't she with you? Because I'm not the guy who telephoned her. Why? Oh, three guesses. Oh,
3: yay, Capel.
1: Look, did Martha say where this phony meeting place was supposed to be?
3: Yeah, 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 she did. Now, let me think a minute.
1: Come on, come oh, on, think.
3: Yeah, yeah, wait ah, I got it. The best entrance to
2: Vandel Park. Okay, I'll see you later. Yeah.
1: I head for the park entrance fast, but when I pull up and see the crowd gathered there, I figure I'm a few minutes too late. I expect to see Martha's body in the midst of them, but as it turns out, I'm wrong. Two guys have locked bumpers and are busily haranguing each other, much to the enjoyment of the crowd standing around. At first, I'm relieved, but when I look through the crowd, Martha isn't there. I ask a few people if they remember seeing her, but they tell me that the quarrel's been going on about a half an hour and they haven't been paying any attention to anything else, so it looks like Carpell has finally gotten to Martha and shut her mouth. I drive back to the hotel and head for my room.
4: Hello,
1: Steve. Martha! Yes, I... Hey, are you okay?
4: Uh
1: Uh-huh. Oh, brother, that's a relief. You know, I'm going to quit worrying about you. First, I think you've been blown up in your hotel room, but you come walking down the hall a few minutes later. Just now, I figure Carpell's finally gotten to you, but you show up in my room safe and sound. I'm Uh...
4: glad you were wrong both times.
1: Oh, so am I. But what happened?
4: Well, I went to the meeting place I thought you had told me about over the telephone, but on the way, I began wondering about the call wondering whether it really had been you. Then the street was deserted and I became frightened, so I left. I see. When I got back to Mrs. Gluten's suite, she told me you had not been the one who telephoned me. Uh,
1: Lucky you left when you did then. Yes. Come on, Martha, I'll take you back to Mrs. Gluten's suite.
4: All right. Steve? Mm. Do you think that it was Carl Pell who called and disguised his voice?
1: Well, he'd be the logical one,
4: wouldn't he? Yes. That means he definitely did see me the other day in that trainway shop.
1: Yeah, it looks that way. Well, here we are.
3: Ah! Come on in. So, the two of you finally got together safely. From now on, we must keep an eye on this young one.
1: Yeah, might be a good idea if you get some rest, Martha. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Go into my bedroom and make yourself at home. Thank you. I, I think you. I will. I am rather worn out. Oh, yes. Well... Mr. Mitchell, what now?
1: Did you find out who the girl was who died in Martha's hotel room, Mrs. Gooden?
3: Oh, yeah, it was Frieda. Poor thing. I guess she went into Whistler, thinking Martha was there.
1: Okay, I'm going to make a telephone call.
3: Telephone call? What
1: about? Not so loud.
3: Well, what is the secret? Who are you going to telephone?
1: The morgue. So I make my call and tell him what I want to know. Half an hour later, they call me back, and what they tell me doesn't surprise me at all. Well? They just finished the autopsy on Frida. She was stabbed to death. Stabbed?
3: You mean Kapel killed Rangel and then rigged up the explosion to make... No,
1: no, I don't mean that at all, Mrs. Huh? Gluten. Come on. I want to have a little talk with our little Martha.
3: Martha? But what has she got to do with
1: it? That's just what I want her to tell me. Hey, she's gone. Yeah. Look, the window, it's open. Yeah, an extension phone beside the bed. She probably overheard what the morgue told me.
3: I still don't understand,
1: but... Wait, it... fire escape outside. Yeah, there she is down on the street hailing a taxi. Come on, let's get down on your... to the car fast. Yeah, I thought so, too, but where'd she go? She
3: is a good swimmer. Maybe she went... Wait a
1: minute. See that barge tied up in the bank over there? You
3: think she could be hiding on it?
1: The only cover I can see for quite a way. Slow down. All right. Okay. What are you doing? I'm getting out here. Huh? I'll check the barge. You continue along the canal away, and if you don't spot her, come back here to the barge. I jump out. Hit the ground and roll to my feet. Every second counts now. I jump aboard the barge. It looks deserted. There are no lights. I start walking towards a small deckhouse at the stern. Then, as I get to it and turn the corner, I spot a glint of metal. I drop to one knee, and a fire axe it buries itself in the bulkhead behind me. Close, but no cigar, mother. Let's got me. Stay put. let go. I said, stay put. Oh, why, you... That's better.
3: I should have cracked open your head when I had the chance.
1: You mean in front of that other hotel when I was waiting for Carpell to show up? <laughs> yeah. You sure didn't want me to grab him then, did you? Huh? You. You know about that? Yeah. I think I finally got you pegged. You see, I caught you in one lie, so I figured maybe you'd lied about a few other things. Looking back on the deal in that light, a lot of things fell into place.
4: What lie are you talking about?
1: You told me you got a phone message from me setting up a meeting place. You said you went there and it was deserted. That's what tripped you up because there'd been a traffic accident there and a crowd had gathered. All right, all right. But you cannot prove a thing. You rigged that story about a fake phone call as an excuse for you to get out of Mrs. Gluten's suite. You knew I had a plan to trap Carpell, and you were afraid it would work. That's why you slugged me when I was closing in on him. No, that is not true. What's your angle, Martha? Blackmail? I
4: don't know what you're talking about.
1: Sorry, your eyes just gave you away. Sure, it all fits. You spot Carpell here in Rotterdam and try to blackmail him, but he won't pay, so you get me over here to protect you, and to show him you mean business. Then you take me on a wild goose chase around town, pretending you're looking for him.
5: Yes, he has been quite clever. Carpell! You both move almost too fast for me. It was with difficulty that I followed the chase here from the hotel. Ah, stand quite still, both of you. Hey, I remember you. But of course. Martha brought you into my jewelry store yesterday to
1: inquire about a mythical Chinese shop. Pretty smart, Martha, parading me in front of Carpell to let him know that you could blow the whistle on him any time you wanted. Yes, I say, Martha's a clever girl. Of us. Carpell, listen to me. Martha, one thing I don't get is why you killed that other girl, Frida. Frida,
5: did you say? Yeah. Oh, I believe I can explain that. Oh? You see, after your visit to my jewelry store, I realized I was powerless that I must pay Martha to blackmail. So I telephoned her hotel room to tell her. As I was talking, I heard her suddenly exclaim, Frida, as if someone had just come into the room.
1: I get it now. Frida heard you talking to Carpel. You killed her to shut her mouth and then rigged an explosion to make it look like Carpel had tried to kill you. Carpel, Mind you it. must
4: listen. I will not blackmail you anymore. I promise. I know. What do you mean?
1: Simply that if I kill both of you, I will be quite safe again. No! I'm afraid you're a little too late, Carpel. What do you mean? I notified the Rotterdam police. There's a car coming toward us along the Canal Bank. It should be them. You're bluffing.
2: No. No, I see the headlights. I hear it too.
1: What?
2: Thanks for turning your head. Too late. Uh,
1: Oh no, Martha, you're not going anywhere. Mr. Mitchell! Here on the barge, Mrs. Bluton. And Martha's with me.
3: I did as you said. Then down to the end of the canal and come back.
1: I'm glad you did. I just passed you off as the Rotterdam police.
3: As for you, Martha, you have disgraced the gluten fighting and girls. You are the rotten apple in our cake. You will turn on your schwitz suit at
1: once. Yeah, I don't imagine she'll be doing much running from now on as far as disgracing the Gluten Schweitzen girls, though I'm sure you and the rest of your team will live that down, Mrs. Gluten. Incidentally, there's one thing that's been puzzling me all through this deal.
3: Yes, oh, Your does... team
1: is called the Gluten Schwitzen girls, right?
3: Right.
1: The commissioner told me that the Schweitzen came from the name of the coach. Well, yeah,
3: but... but...
1: when I got here, I find you coaching the girls. Well, yeah. So where's Schweitzen?
3: Well, uh, could you keep a secret?
1: Well, yeah.
3: Uh, there is no Schweizen.
5: Mrs. Gluten.
3: Confidentially. Who could marry a man with a name like that?
0: Three chimes mean good times on NBC. On the big show this Sunday, you'll hear Margaret Truman, Fred Allen, Groucho Marx, Ginger Rogers, and many more. Plus, the glamorous and dynamic Tallulah. No wonder it's the big show. And remember, it's a radio first for Theater Guild on the Air Sunday, as Catherine Cornell makes her radio dramatic debut in the first radio presentation of Shaw's Candida. Steve Mitchell, with her Butterfield as the Commissioner, is written by Bob Reif and Adrian Jondo, with music by Robert Armbruster, and is produced and directed by Bill Carn. Others in the cast were Martha Wentworth, Tony Barrett, Virginia Gregg, Sidney Miller, and Barney Phillips. Join us again next week at this same time, when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another dangerous assignment. <laughs> just assignment came to you